Welcome back to the Love is Real Estate podcast. I am Ari Afshar sitting here with what is considered the Michael Jordan or the Muhammad Ali of the mortgage lending world, Mark Cohen. Mark, how are you? Thank you very much for uh, inviting me. I'm doing fine. Thanks, Ari. Great. Great to have you on, Mark. And um, Mark has been in the business for 33 years. He runs Cohen Financial Group here in the Golden Triangle of Beverly Hills. Sunny, beautiful day here in Los Angeles. And I want to just share a little bit about Mark in case those of you are not aware or familiar with him. Uh, LA native, USC grad, holds a law degree and a master's. He's been in business since 86, as I mentioned before. Uh, and has fund, funded about $20 billion worth of loans uh, since, I want to say, 99 was that ballpark. Uh, Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Who, who cares about numbers anyway? Old news. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he's been the number one mortgage originator in the nation over close to the last 20 years, which is just absolutely incredible. And, you know, whenever I think a lot of people think about mortgages, you are, without a doubt, one of the very first you know, two or three names that come up. So, um, so it's great to have you on, man. And thank you again for, for taking the time. Um, my, my pleasure. Thank you very much. Yeah, f- of course. Be- before we, uh, before we dive into this, Mark, just want to get to know a little bit about you. Obviously yeah. the, this, this podcast really is about Los Angeles and just kind of getting to understand the people that make LA what it is. Right. So obviously you have a great, you know, kind of stronghold on the, uh, on the finance aspect of, 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 of the space. In terms of where you live, why you chose that as a location to live, can you share a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, <clears throat> I grew up in uh, uh, Los, uh, Beverly Hills and I've lived pretty much my whole life uh, in the Beverly Hills area. Obviously, I've been fortunate to experience a lot of different places in the world and so forth. But uh, you know, when I'm coming home from overseas or any place, I fly over the LA basin and it just feels like home to me. It's just I just love the obviously the weather we know about, but just the whole dynamics of the city and the, uh, the architecture and just the, the the whole vibe of the city. It's it's a land of opportunities. It really is, and you know it's funny. I was actually when when I was walking up to your office, I remember the very first time we met was in two thousand nine. That was when I had my own brokerage, and we did not really know each other at that point in time. And I walked into your office, and you were surrounded by stacks of files, literally as as tall as you are, and you're a pretty tall guy. Yeah. And I just thought. You know, he is not he's either not adopted to technology and you were standing the whole time. There wasn't even a seat in the office. And, and so I was just thinking to myself, this is a man who is so immersed in his world and what he does. He probably doesn't have free time for anything or any hobbies at all. Do you do anything outside of what you do? Is there anything at all that you like? Well, I've been fortunate enough to. I've been uh, uh, I'm pretty well versed. I, I, I work hard, but I'm, um, I like to think of myself. I don't know if I am as being pretty efficient with uh Having a pretty regulated day, uh, time, you know, to take an hour off to, or 45 minutes during the day for lunch to decompose. But I'm on the phone all day long, and I still have the same setup in the office. I stand up all day. And I just think it's it's better uh, from a thought process and just you know, I have files in my whole office. People, you know, I have to walk down see what's going on. So it's to me, it's better. I can uh, move quicker, and uh, all the files are on the floor. All get men are more visual than women. So to me, I, I have to have that. I have immersed a lot of technology, and all our files are on computers and so forth. But 
I still like uh, visualizing. I have to uh, see things. Yeah, it's got to be tangible. Yeah. And we were talking a little bit about your schedule and all that. I, I What I love doing is just kind of like reading about great leaders and what their approach is on a day-to-day basis. What time do they wake up in the morning? What do they do the first thing that they wake up? Is it a cup of coffee or is it grabbing their phone? Do you have like a certain schedule that you abide by on yeah. a daily basis? Um, I, I don't sleep all that long, you know, five, five and a half hours. So basically typical day is up at 6.30, um, you know, Today I got called, uh, woken up at 6.15 by a friend of mine, my guy uh, in New York, who I work with at Hedge Fund in New York, so, uh, but... It's uh, 9.15 for him, easy yeah, for him. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so, um, but I'm, you know, 6.30, and I live, you know, five minutes from here, so I'm at the office at 7.30, I read the paper, know what's going on in the world, check the sports section, um, and then I'm here, you know, 7.30 till 1 o'clock, I'm, I'm probably on 100 calls in the morning. Uh, on and off. I'm very uh, effective but brief I, I, uh, on calls and you know everybody's busy and I'm uh, you know it's important that people get things their things handled in a quick and prompt manner then you know 45 minutes lunch you know uh, friend or clients or guys in my office I'm back till 6.30 or so 7 and I go to the gym like three nights a week across the street at Equinox which, wow. is, which is good yeah keep the uh, me stay fit yeah, yeah exactly I, you know, I, I, come back and do an hour of uh, working night. So, you know, it's not that bad. That's cool, man. And, and so you got into the business in, in 86. I think, obviously, you went to law school. You, there was a, a point at which maybe you wanted to become an attorney, but then you pivoted and you moved over to the mortgage world. Your mom, I came to find out, was the very first... You know, mortgage broker, yeah. In, in L.A.? Or yeah. Th- th- that's in, in L.A. I'm not sure about the, the country, but I started working with her in 86. So you got the pedigree. Yeah, the pedigree. And, yeah. and then I started working. I actually was talking to my son about it last night. It's like, you know, it's sort of like a love at first sight. It was just, it was just, uh, just a perfect situation for me. And it's funny because I know that your son works with you as well. And I know that he's also got a really cool business on the side, Sweet Finn. And so you guys obviously love to keep things in the family. Is it difficult working with the family at all? Um, I mean... It's got its pluses it's, and minuses, it's, it's I'm pl- sure. It's pluses and minuses. <laughs> yeah. now. I worked with my uh, mother for 13 years and my brother for until to 1999 2000 it's time for uh branch out a little bit and you know i talk love and death and talk 30 times a day so it's just time to just uh, you know, do things on my own sure and so 12 13 14 hour days of working i mean obviously number one mortgage originator in the country for god knows how many years i mean what what where does the drive come from what continues to push you um, I think in any business, if you love what you do, um, it makes it easy. You know, obviously the financial rewards are, are good, uh, are, are you know, obviously well acknowledged and well received. But most importantly, you know, if you can honestly wake up and 33 years later, don't mind going to work every single day and looking forward to the new challenges and something different every day, and you're, you've, you've hit a home run, a grand slam, because uh, you know, it's... it's it's tough for people to motivate themselves every day, and That's true. I, I like different challenges every day. And, you know, I just I look forward to challenges every day. That's awesome. Uh, let's I guess shift over to, to numbers now for a quick second. Uh, last towards the tail end of last year, we really started to see rates hike. Uh, that had an impact. I can tell you on both the brokering aspect as well as the, the the loans that were being issued. Uh, 
where are rates right now? I mean, like, what, what do you feel like, what, what, what is like a baseline number of rates that you're quoting? Uh, first of all, rates are uh, actually right now, uh, since the uh, mid of uh, October or last of uh, 18, the rates have started coming down sharply. And for example, the 10-year treasury bonds were like 310. Right now, they're about 255. There was just an announcement by the Fed today that they're not going to be increasing uh, rates anytime this year. So there's, due to the, um, you know, the economy slowing up a little bit, which I'll come back to in a second here, uh, about my opinion about Los Angeles, uh, which is different than the national economy or the world's economy for that matter. But um, you know, rates have come down uh, markedly. So it's, it's a good market and rates are you know, basically a two-year low now. So um, getting to your question, 30-year fixed rate right now, you know, it's four and an eighth, four and a quarter. Percent, so you know, they're pretty much back to where they were before all this stuff started you know, two sure. years ago. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I think you kind of raised one point, which is something I definitely wanted to address. Where a great cocktail conversation is I heard the feds raise rates again, or I heard that they're gonna raise rates. What is the correlation between the feds raising rates to mortgages and the mortgage rates? Well, you the, the way to really follow what's going on in the bond market, the mortgage market, is to follow the 10 year bond yields, so that's the uh. The, the widely followed uh, index that's uh, used, or the, the number, and the rates have been coming down. Uh, they've come down about 60 basis points this year, the yields, and, uh, and the rates have come down about, uh, about, uh, about three quarters of that, so about half a point or so they've come down. So just if you follow 10-year bond yields, that's a great indicator of uh, where mortgage rates are headed. Sure. Especially uh, long-term mortgage rates. And, and I, you know, I, I think that it, it has an impact, obviously, on people's finances, whether they get approved or they don't. When it comes to you looking for a loan for yourself, let's just say that Mark wanted to go out and purchase a home for him, for, 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 for you, mm-hmm. what kind of a program would you get? I mean, a lot of the people believe that a 30-year loan is still the way to go. Some people say, you know what, I'm fine with a seven-year interest only. Do you have a preference or an, an um, opinion on one? Uh, my house, I had a, uh, have a, uh, a 10-year interest only loan. Mm-hmm. And I like that because the payments are, uh, you can uh, create your own amortization schedule. Correct. So if I want to throw a principal at the loan uh, one month, I can do so and get a lower payment so and, and not be obligated to do so. So I, I prefer that. I love that you're queuing up like my questions as they're coming because the next thing that I wanted to help educate the audience on is, is what is the difference between a fully amortized sure. loan versus an interest only? So what a fully amortized loan is, is uh, it's typically associated with 30 year fixed rate. So you have a level payment for 30 years and every single month you're reducing the principal balance of the loan. So uh, more as time progresses, more money, more the payment goes towards the principal reduction uh, as, you, as you go along. So there's uh, more interest in the, in the uh, initial time frames. So uh, your payments don't change and uh, basically you just build up equity that way. So that that's popular with a lot of people, but you know, with more people or people who have more disposable cash who think they can get better returns on money um, they have uh, interest only loans and what interest only loans are is you pay just the interest portion you don't lose equity it's all it is interest there's no amortization and uh, it's it's, it's, a, it's a cash flow management uh, system so with that if you make a principal reduction with an interest only loan let's say you owe uh, get a million dollar loan and um, you two months from now say, hey, I, I got a bonus, the bonus will work on to pay down $25,000. The next month, unlike on the amortized loans, 
you're going to be paying your mortgage based on a 975 balance instead of a million dollars. Mm. So your payment will go down ever so slightly, but you can create your own schedule. Great. Great info and insight. Um, I, you know, we, we're dealing with many clients, obviously, who feel like I can walk into a Bank of America. I can go to Chase. I know you work with everyone. If there's a one reason why in particular that they should come to you versus others, are there any programs that you offer where you're like, you know what, maybe the world is not aware that I can do something like this. I got an email from you today as an example on a really incredible product if you you know don't fully show all your, your returns. So we have, um, those are all, you know, excellent institutions and you know we do go uh, compete with them and they've got their definitely their pluses um, the, the, the thing about our service is that we have the flexibility because a lot of people uh, cannot show their tax returns so they're they have to go on uh, bank statement loans business bank statement loans where um, the income will be imputed based on what their deposits are on a monthly basis none of the major banks Wells, B of A, Chase, Union Bank can have those types of programs at all so um, that's a big advantage uh, for us. That gives us flexibility. And I also have the other program. So I guess we have the versatility. I can compete with them on the rates unless they have $2 million at Wells Fargo where I'm not going to, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm going to lose. Are, are you seeing now, like, I guess, through, this, through these programs that you're offering, are you seeing any uptick in activity at all from the buyer side? Do you, do you see more transactions happening right now? Or have you noticed that things have slowed down as a result of the rates in general kind of? Uh, well, it was funny. Um, at the end of uh, November, no, I'm sorry, third week in December and through the second week of this, uh, January, I've been in the business for you know, a while. And I had never really experienced such a, a slow period. Mm. And it was, you know, I know it's cyclical. I've obviously been through it before, but it just felt like uh, uh, different. I think, you know, with, with uh, what's going on in the stock market and the, the, the tariffs with the Chinese and people just were like basically burned out the end of the year. You're thinking about retiring. I mean, I, I <laughs> wish I could. I wouldn't know what to do. Uh, but anyway, so uh, it's it's since the second week of January, it's it's, it's back to uh, uh, the market's brisk, especially in the price ranges up to like four or five million dollars. Yeah. You know, anything lower than that. But I think once you get into the higher price homes, absent the flats of Beverly Hills, I think the market is uh, it's, it's a tough market. Yeah, I always feel like Beverly Hills is semi-protected, right, yeah, from, from the rest of the world. Uh, are there any other markets where you're, maybe you were not dealing with before, but because LA is growing so quickly uh, as a city, where all of a sudden you're seeing a certain number of transactions occur in a certain part of Los Angeles, are you seeing that at all? Well, I mean... Let me give you an example, right? So we were talking to a few people earlier, and they were saying, uh, you know, the Eagle Rock, the Glassell Park, the, yeah. uh, you know, the th those markets over there are starting to actually see a trend moving yeah, up. Yeah, what's happened was with uh, the the coast getting so expensive, um, everything started moving inland. This has happened been happening for years though, but uh, you know, with Venice and Santa Monica and the Palisades so expensive and. You know, it's hard for a family to afford a house there, so things have been moving inland gradually. Mar Vista's got popular over the years where it was a tough sell. And now, Inglewood now with the uh, stadium and, uh, you know, the uh, other, and more of the central cities getting popular. Hancock Park obviously is always nice, but you know, even a little further south is Hancock Park. And now, 
you know, it's gone over Las Vegas, Silver Lake, um, now Washington. So you see the move, it's uh, spreading out. Spreading out. I mean, it's, you know, people who have good jobs and who are, you know, relatively fluent are, are being forced to, uh, who have good jobs are, you know, are being forced to move further east. Yeah, I, you know, I, I see that happening and I feel like there's still a lot of excitement, especially people coming from out of state. They, yeah. they believe like LA we've talked about this on previous episodes is the new new and and it will be here for a very long time um, the one concern that I hear from time to time is what's the difference between where we are today and in 0708 call it where it was obviously just before you know the the GFC well that's a good that's a good question and I think it's a lot different in the sense that uh, the financial regulations are, are uh, much more onerous than used to be. So, you know, banks aren't proving loans blindly. So there's much more uh, uh, stricter regulations and it's just better quality paper. So, yes, it can happen, but I think the dynamics of the economy here in Southern California are a lot different than, uh, uh, than they have in the past. It's such a diverse economy. It's just uh, it's social media, everything going on, it's just... Uh, changed it's, 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 it's a strong strong situation yeah I think it's just changed forever is the reality and um, look that that's always been our cell we, we we've been here for so long yeah. obviously I grew up in Beverly Hills I, I've seen this all my life but for others who who are not uh, as experienced with it or you know they're, they're just timid right and, and they, they, they feel like they never know what they're getting into but pound for pound I always tell people that there is no better asset that you can own than real estate I agree uh, and I would have to argue that Los Angeles, across anywhere else in the world, is the best place to, to park your money. Uh, just because, you know, over the last 10, 20 years, look at how much has changed here, right? Even yeah. from the, the cultural aspect, the restaurant scene, the arts, the yeah. events, I mean... It's much more, you're right, it's a much more of an international city. There's tons of foreign moving, money moving here. Yeah. And people want to, it's, it's obviously, it's, every city's got its, its, its uh, pros and cons, but... Uh, Big picture, it offers more than any other any other city, and I've been around the world, and I, I, I see it. Yeah, so. uh, I I always love asking this question and just checking to see if if you have one kind of golden nugget or parting thought that you want to leave with the audience in terms of something that they may not be thinking about or, or just any words of wisdom from you. Well, if you're uh, moving to Los Angeles or um, you know, thinking about buying a house, it's it's a it's a great investment. It's a it's a long-term uh, investment, and you know, obviously you can't have price fluctuations. But you know, people saying, well, prices can go down five or ten percent. You can't look at it that way. It's a home for you and for uh, the family. So you know that's what you work for. So it shouldn't really make a difference whether the price goes up five or ten percent. It's you know that's what we all work hard for is to have our own homes and so forth. So. It's a great motivational tool for people to have their own homes and you know, let the prices take care of themselves and just enjoy, uh, enjoy the house while, uh, yeah. you know, while you're able to, while people are able to. Yeah, and you know. All I, within reason though. It's so. true. I think that, you know, we used to live in homes for, you know, seven to ten years, then it dropped to three to five and I feel like, you know, a home is a home. A home is what you make of it and it, and it serves a purpose during a certain period of time. Absolutely. And so you just got to always keep that in mind. And, well, your uh, fondest memories are mine or, you know, growing up my family with my kids and 
you know, just all those uh, those good things that happen within the home, within the home structure. Yeah, we're, we're experiencing that right now, you know, with our own family and just like thinking, you know, yeah, I mean, it would be nice to move, but the reality is, is we do love our home and, you yeah. know, there's no need to move. Part so. of the family. It really is. It's, a, it's, it's arguably one of the most important parts of the family. So, Mark, thank you. Thank you for joining us. It, it's been a real pleasure, obviously. You know, having you on here and look forward to talking with you more in the future. You guys, my honor. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Thank you. You guys can learn more about Mark and his incredible team uh, at CohenFinancialGroup.com. I have his phone number memorized in my head, which is 310-777-5401. And uh, his email is MarkCohen at CohenFinancialGroup.com. As always, the Love is Real Estate podcast is shared as a part of our Into the Weekend newsletter, where we share upcoming events such as concerts, plays, art exhibits, uh, as well as open houses and great restaurants and cafes in and around the LA area. If you're not subscribed, please go to ariafshar.com and join our list. We welcome any feedback to help make this podcast more enjoyable for you. Please send any thoughts or comments directly to me and I will respond myself directly to you and uh, my email is ari at ariafshar.com thank you all for listening and have a great weekend